0: it's actually quite mind blowing that um businesses spend about 240 billion dollars every year on gifts that they send to customers and employees. And when a gift is doing its best job, it is helping people feel connected. If we're looking at the larger goal of what a gift can express as a language and how it can express, I care about you, I'm thinking about you specifically and not you as just like the collective you, is creating an opt-in gift experience. So the way Loop and Tie is designed is our overall intention is to take that $240 billion that's being spent on gifts every year and make that something that is purpose-driven and, and really a form of economic empowerment to small businesses and reduces waste.
1: Welcome to Mindful Businesses presented by Sarani and I'm your host Vidya Iyer. In our podcast, we bring to you brands that are mindful in their practices and processes. A mindful business employs sustainable social, economic, and environmental practices. Today, we have with us Sarah Rodell, CEO and founder of Loop and Tie, gifting that gives back. Welcome, Sarah. She joins us from Austin, Texas.
0: Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here with you.
1: It's always a great feeling to receive a gift or something for free. It is in human nature, at least for me, I feel really good when I receive a gift. Gifts are used as incentives in corporate world for work-related achievements, personal milestones, or maybe just because. How big is this gifting industry, say, in dollar value.
0: I also love to receive gifts, so I decided to make a whole job out of it. <laughs> it's actually quite mind blowing that um, businesses spend about $240 billion every year on gifts that they send to customers and employees. So it is a massive, massive economy. I actually think it's its own language. Gifting is a way to communicate something, and there's a lot that goes into what you're communicating, what you may want to communicate when you're thinking about sending a
1: gift. And this is different than the swag that you may get during a trade show or a conference, right? You're talking more substantial gifts.
0: That's up for debate. You know, I think that uh, some people classify swag as a gift and some people don't. I'm in the camp that swag feels more like a marketing motion and a marketing interaction than it does a gift. So for me, sending a gift feels like I'm getting treated to something that's super special that I really am desiring in my life. And getting swag feels just a little bit different. Touchy subject in our industry.
1: Swag means something, right? It's an acronym for something. And what exactly does it mean? I think about swag as loot, a loot bag.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great characterization. And I'm glad you asked because it's one of those words we throw around and it means different things to different people. So swag actually stands for stuff we all get. And in our industry, it's used to describe items that are kind of one-size-fits-all kind of items like a a jacket, water bottle that have a physical brand on them. It's a part of a marketing exchange.
1: What are some of the reasons that corporations, now we distinguish between swag and personalized gifts that corporations give to employees or to customers. So let's talk about employees what are some of the reasons that they do give the gifts to employees?
0: I like to, to take a step back and really consider what the culture is of the company that's purchasing the gift and what they're trying to communicate. And typically when we see gifting with some sort of employee recipient, there's a celebration of a life moment. Whether that is welcoming someone into the company, celebrating a new family member, perhaps a marriage, a birthday, things like this that are milestones. And companies see that as an opportunity to really connect in a way that's not necessarily professional and to just communicate in that gifting language that they really care about the employee beyond their job.
1: Corporations give employees for various reasons, for appreciation, for new activities, new milestones reached by employees. So is there any correlation that you have seen, even anecdotally, that has helped your customers help retain their clients or their employees and even maybe counteract some of the great resignation that happened in 2022?
0: Yes. You're touching on a really big subject, which is how does employee morale and activities that employers can take, um, how does gifting sort of play into that? This is something I can talk about for a long time. (laughs) There's so many different anecdotes. One of my favorite anecdotes from the pandemic around gifting and employee morale actually occurred in a bit of a roundabout way. The gift givers were property managers who were sending gifts to residents It was at the beginning of the pandemic, the beginning of lockdown to just say, we're here for you. This is hard. We wanted to treat you to something. And the unexpected benefit was how much it boosted employee morale because the property managers that worked at those apartment buildings were getting thank you notes from the residents and usually they just weren't hearing anything so what we did is we established a line of communication that helped everybody feel connected and when a gift is doing its best job it is helping people feel connected and i love bringing up that example because it's a great way to illustrate you might have one intention when you're sending a gift but there are so many unexpected positive outcomes that come from just you know this sort of active of kindness I'll also share that as we move towards an economy that is so much more flexible as it pertains to working styles and whether employees want to be full-time at a company or if they want to freelance... One of the biggest factors is how appreciated and connected they feel. And so gifting is one part of how this dynamic gets created. You know, the end result of creating an environment that feels connected, that feels like something you really want to invest your time into. And so we've seen really successful companies, successful in the sense of reaching the kind of client engagement outcomes they want, use gifting as a core way to make sure that they're communicating, hey, I'm thinking about you.
1: And also for the employees uh, during COVID, they would send out kits, maybe a chocolate making kit or a candle making kit where employees at a given time would sit together on whatever video platform and make things together. So to connect and this post pandemic with so many virtual uh, employees, it can be still used instead of going out for a drink, maybe some other form. Maybe everybody gets a bottle of wine or, you know, pretty wine glasses and they can meet together virtually and create this whole connection, which is hard to have with people working in different zones and time zones.
0: Yes and and you know one thing I'll call out in that is it's really important if we're looking at the larger goal of what a gift can express as a language and how it can express I care about you, I'm thinking about you specifically and not you as just like the collective you is creating an opt-in gift experience. And so something that we've seen just profound difference in from a company engagement standpoint is when they move from sending that bottle of wine to everybody versus sending a gift choice experience where people can pick out what they want. Increasingly, our this notion of gifting where it's the thought that counts is not true anymore. You can inadvertently communicate something to somebody that they're just a part of a larger machine and you don't know their name, you don't care about them, you're just sending the same gift to everyone. That is exactly the opposite of what drives retention and engagement within your employee experience. And so when I talk about the success that we see from companies that moved into an opt-in choice-based experience, it's really considering what kind of feedback they got from older programs where it was everyone's treated the exact same to newer programs where people are saying, hey, I really like the ability to pick out something that is meaningful to me. And hey, I really like the ability to support a cause instead of getting a product. I have enough stuff in my house and really being more dynamic and as we move into a world that is increasingly values driven in the way they make their commercial decisions it's really awesome to see companies thinking about how they can express that in things like their gifting programs where ordinarily we're just an afterthought
1: so what is the opt-in gifting program. Explain that a little bit more.
0: So the way Loop and Tie is designed is our overall intention is to take that $240 billion I shared earlier that's being spent on gifts every year and make that something that is purpose-driven and and really a form of economic empowerment to small businesses and reduces waste in our space. And the way that we do that is through what we call collection-based commerce. So this opt-in experience is about creating a gift choice email where the recipient gets to click into a redemption page and pick out anything that they want, whether it's a product or whether it's a donation. And so when I talk about opt-in, what you're doing is you're inviting the employee, the customer, whoever is receiving that gift opportunity to say, hey, yeah, this is something I want in my life and I'm going to choose exactly what I want versus the blind receiving of just opening, you know, your your door one day and seeing a box of wine and saying, oh, well, I got, you know, I guess... That's fine, but I I don't really drink wine right now. I'm on a cleanse, you know? (laughs) I wouldn't have chosen this, it's just shown up. And I get that this person meant to do something nice, but actually it was kind of wasteful. And actually now it's a burden because I have to give it away to somebody and I don't have room for it. And it's just another errand that I have to do.
1: So you used to work at UBS. It's a wealth management company.
0: Yes, I did. I was on the trading floor there. That was the environment that I was in when I came up with the idea for Loop and Tie, which was really born from seeing how Much money and how much time we were spending on client gifts. So, I volunteered to handle the gifts we were doing for our clients for the holidays for that year and couldn't believe just how much time I personally was spending. I thought it was going to be quick. That's why I volunteered. We were spending a decent amount of money across our client base on gift baskets. And I just thought, you know, I would much rather be spending this money in a way that supported a small business. I would much rather be spending this money in a way that I actually knew the person was getting the gift. Because when you send in a lot of gift baskets, you get one-off tracking. You're not going in and checking the tracking of all of the shipments. It's disorganized. And so that was my first moment of wanting to explore the corporate gifting market and see what opportunity was there. And I also just really liked that gifting moment, you know, it's, it's fun. There were people on the, our gift list that I really liked working with, that I you know, really cared about. And I wanted a way to communicate that to them um, that felt differentiated.
1: So you quit your trading floor job, which is you're probably making decent amount of money to say the least. And you decided to start this venture or a startup. That's pretty brave of you, right? I
0: did. That is the move I made. I appreciate your saying it's brave. I didn't really think about it much at the time, to be honest. I was so fixated on wanting something to exist that I had in my mind that I just thought... Okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try it. I used my own money to launch the first version of the product, and that felt like to me the best way to try this whole entrepreneurship thing. I didn't set out to start a company. I really just wanted to have a product that I wanted in the world. And I think because it felt like a marginal decision to just, you know, do one thing in my life a little differently versus saying I'm going to start this grand company that sort of evolved over time. It felt Less scary, and as I've been in this space, I've just kept yes-anding myself. I would say, and it's evolved into the company that we have today. and And it's a really incredible team. You know, you don't get to create something as transformative for an industry as, as we have without having an, an incredible group of people behind you.
1: The other difficulty in your business model is the technology you would need to implement this, in the sense to make it user friendly right? It's not that you're sending a catalog to somebody. It is an online platform. Does that make sense? Because I went to your website. It is very smooth. It's very seamless. If I was a corporate donor, I could set up an account, decide uh, what value or what type or what kind of gift I want. So it was not just the idea of giving somebody a gift card, to go to, say, Macy's and shop. It was very, very intentional, all the different parts of your business.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it's an opportunity to touch on the fact that there is a very significant technology platform that powers this gift experience. When we think about gifting, we think about the whole spectrum. So the product is one part of the spectrum. The way that you access your ordering, you know how easy that feels is a part of it. The way that you create and design the gift experience has to be easy. The way that the person receiving the gift feels has to be high fidelity and polished. And so our team has spent a lot of time concepting a very intricate and yet simple technology platform that also really focuses on design and high fidelity design, because one of the things that I consider when you think about the gift experience just as a social cultural thing is, what we're really trying to communicate is we want to share with someone something that we find special and valuable. And in order to do that well, you need a really high fidelity design experience. So even at the very beginning, when we were building the first versions of our technology, we always invested in the visual to make sure that it felt polished, that it felt like it, it um, you know, when you were working with Loop and Tie, you were working with a high end brand.
1: You've made gifting intentional and less wasteful. But as a sustainable brand, what is your impact? Like, how are you changing the gifting industry? How are you disrupting it by calling yourself sustainable?
0: So we think about sustainability in a few different ways. And I'll say too, what's been exciting is as our company grows, we continue to iterate, evolve, and expand how we can be doing more from a sustainability and social impact and an economic impact, looking at those three and just continually asking ourselves, how can we do more? How can we do more? So the first way that we approach waste reduction is through the system design. By creating this opt-in gift experience, we're fundamentally reducing unwanted and wasted gifts that end up in the landfill, because you're saying, I want this in my life, right? We're also layering in a component of non-product-based gifts. So that money can go either to support the small business and makers and the often underrepresented business owners that list their products in our marketplace or a cause. And so first sort of win for us was saying, all right, we are a force in taking this $242 billion and making sure that it doesn't go to some nameless faceless factory producing a nameless faceless product that ends up in a landfill. That's been super exciting for us. What we introduced about two years ago, maybe a little more than that, is a carbon regenerative program so that we wanted to look at the amount of carbon that's created in shipments, which is the most significant part of our business. And we wanted to calculate what our impact was and double it and essentially take out double the amount of carbon that we're putting into the atmosphere as we're creating. The way that we do that is through investments in regenerative agriculture It was really important to me personally to be really thoughtful about how we make these investments and that they drive long-term change. So just as the product selection and the kinds of businesses in our marketplace and supporting them is our way to drive long-term change, we wanted to make sure any donations and investments we made on the carbon side of the business did the same. And so investing in regenerative agriculture and um, specifically soil regeneration projects that happen in Sub-Saharan Africa through the planting of trees has really beautiful long-term effects. So we work with a project that helps transform arid soil into working farmland and changes economic realities of the farmers that are getting to work that land. And it also changes their health through just access to better nutrition. And this kind of investment is indicative of just, it's more than a win, win, win. I don't know how many wins are in there (laughs) because uh, it's not just about putting trees in the ground. It's about doing so in a way that drives consistent and significant impact.
1: How much money have you given back for your carbon regenerative programs?
0: We have planted 19 central parks worth of trees and counting. So I actually think that that is the best way to consider the value of what we've been able to do through that program in a relatively short amount of time. And then we've also made just under $2 million worth of donations to causes across a variety of different interests and groups. And that's really recipient driven and customer driven in people that are choosing to support causes rather than get physical products.
1: So when you talked about physical products and supporting causes, another gift idea came to my mind. How about a day off for mental health or a day off for just because? Because everybody needs a day off to just recuperate, to transition, to recharge. Is that something that we could potentially work into your website What that makes me think about is how companies have the ability to
0: use this choice-based platform that we've created for choices of anything. They can either send a choice, send gift collections from our marketplace that we've already curated, or they can build their own collections. So for example, we work with a lot of sports teams who use us to send collections of their own gear and fan experiences. We have companies that use us to send collections of swag. If you're going to send swag sending choice is a much more sustainable way to do so and so if you're a company that is wanting to use a platform to distribute things that are um, more experiential like the example you gave you can absolutely do that i'll share that we often sit alongside programs that are designed to engage employees and support mental health. Um, So we have a big win we had during the pandemic, for example, was companies sending the wellness collection that we had curated, which had choice of redeeming for things like meditation classes, yoga classes, breathwork coaching, aromatherapy kits, and things that were really designed to support their mental health and their experiences.
1: You have, as your customers, some pretty big names like Google, Slack, Salesforce, One of the most powerful
0: parts of our platform is how activated recipients get when they receive gifts from Loop and Tie. So a lot of our business has um, come to us through people receiving gifts and signing up and deciding to send gifts to their team or their customer. You know, we've been really fortunate to be able to grow with some very big companies that also started super small. And that's been a, a really helpful aspect of our business model.
1: You said that you work with small businesses from disadvantaged communities and showcase their products on your marketplace. What percent of that would you say is from that niche market?
0: Frame the way that our marketplace works. When you send a collection of gifts, you can choose to send a collection that is designated by a price point, like the $50 collection, or you can choose to send a collection that is curated around a specific cause. Like we have the 10 million women collection that is um, curated by 10 million women, which is a really incredible nonprofit that um, helps support women-owned businesses and helps um, women with um, artisanal products that they're looking to create, bring them to market. Uh, And we have other causes like sustainability. So when you're coming in to send a gift, you have the opportunity to get really specific, With a cause and send something like the 10 Million Women collection, or you can keep it more broad and send the $50 collection and still feel really good because a lot of the products that are curated within those collections all have social impact angles behind them. You know, a few stats that I'll share. We have a really powerful BIPOC collection with 35 BIPOC makers and two nonprofits that support BIPOC communities, and that's been super powerful. One of our most popular collections has been curated by an influencer named Sophia Lee, and she is passionate about both supporting sustainability and sustainable products, as well as Asian-owned businesses. And that has actually been our most popular collection for a few months running. Just over 60% of the products in our collections across all of our different um, marketplace collections have a social impact angle
1: to them. When did you start Loop and Tie?
0: So Loop and Tie first launched in December of 2013. So this will be our decade year coming up here, which is super exciting. And we're looking forward to celebrating.
1: You've made a lot of progress and growth in the last 10 years. What are your future goals? What would you want to bring? You're pretty committed to sustainability. You've committed to having an impact on the planet and on the people, what do you think would be your future goals?
0: Really, just at the beginning, in my mind, as I look at the amount of money that is spent every year on things that I categorize and many businesses and their employees and customers categorize as quite wasteful, we haven't made much of a dent yet in getting that budget to be allocated to more sustainable ends. And so... A big part of our growth story is just continuing to do what we do and bringing greater visibility to it. What I am so excited about is over this past 10 years, I've seen a significant change in the market and in the way people make buying decisions. I like to share the anecdote that at the beginning of of when I was building Loop and Tie, If you use gratitude when you were talking about customer journeys, for example, so incorporating moments of gratitude into a customer journey, you were looked at like a crazy hippie, which I am, but you didn't talk about gratitude in a corporate setting. And now, you know, that's standard. And so I'm really excited to see how far we've come culturally as we consider the way that we treat people in commercial relationships. And I'm really excited to continue to support that change and be a voice in how we talk about the way that we want to connect in the commercial landscape.
1: And I think connections are what make us human beings, right? We want to connect. We want to connect in a fruitful way, in a rewarding way for both parties.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, connection is one of the most natural (laughs) expressions of humanity. And one of the things I think is so powerful about gifting is how timeless it is. It's timeless, it's cross-cultural. There's nuances for how people regard gifting in different times and spaces, but it is a very core part of our human experience. And it's really fun to continue to innovate around that emotion and ensure that people are doing things that are in alignment with their values.
1: On that mindful thought, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on Mindful Businesses. Thank you. It was an honor to be here. You're listening to Mindful Businesses, produced and hosted by Vedya Ayer. We would love to hear from you. Send an email to info at mindfulbusinessespodcast.com. If you learned a thing or two from this episode, share it with one friend. Click on the subscribe button to be the first to learn about our latest episodes. We recorded this podcast in Buffalo, New York, Theme music was composed by Tatum Gale. Rosanne Korean is our marketing assistant. Ketan Karat is our podcast editor. Our advisors are Jim Stone and Anupama Pastreja. This is Vidya Ayer with Mindful Businesses.